thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with me, your host, Kat. This week I am joined by film critic for Scared Sheepless with words at Horrified Mag and Ghouls Magazine, Caitlin, welcome. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, Fantastic. Fantastic. I actually feel productive for once, so I'm glad I'm up doing things the last few weeks have not been productive <laughs> yes yeah no I feel I feel that yeah, yeah. I'm just coming down off covering loads of festival stuff and now being like oh I've got a, sp- a bit of spare time that would be nice because <laughs> yeah, you're heading off to Glasgow Film Festival can you tell listeners what you're most uh, looking forward to seeing yes yeah I think um in terms of the Glasgow Fright Fest event I've already seen like what I think is probably going to be my favourite, which is You Are Not My Mother, which is a brilliant Irish um, folk horror, sort of familial horror as well. It's really, really great. Uh, but there's also a load of stuff on that lineup I haven't seen that I'm really looking forward to. So that yeah. should be good. I'm uh, really excited for um, Wormwood because it's an Australian film. So need to give them a shout out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I know they're promoting it here. That's like the the last film on the Saturday or something. Nice. So it's like really a late nice night film. Zombie wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about what you do, like your blog and your writing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been plugging away with it for a while now. So uh, reviews and some longer, some too long uh, form <laughs> articles. Uh, so for Horrified, I've done a little bit on Ben Wheatley films and looking to expand on that um, a little bit more. Uh, I also write for Ghouls, who've been brilliant at giving opportunities to sort of newer writers and really building that confidence. So getting to write for them, even though I plague Rebecca with hugely, hugely <laughs> long articles and then go, I'm really sorry, it's 5,000 words again. <laughs> why don't we do this as a two-part yeah okay <laughs> good idea let's do that <laughs> yeah so uh yeah it just sort of uh festival coverage remotely mostly but it is nice when you get to go as well so yeah we have um uh some kind of i can't remember the name of it it might be like an australian fright fest um coming up in i think it's next weekend or the weekend after and um, I'm waiting to see what the lineup is because the tickets are only like $10 each. So I was like, okay, I'm coming along. I'm going to be yeah. there. <laughs> Even if yeah. I have to travel two hours to get there, it's fine. I'm going to make but myself that... seen. <laughs> two hours isn't that long in Australian time, is it? No. <laughs> it's like down the road. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. It's the yeah. next city along. So yeah, down the road. <laughs> down the road. <laughs> um, so the film you chose today is Kill List, which... I only saw for the first time during lockdown, I want to say maybe August last year. And I've watched it maybe five or six times since then. Because <laughs> it's just really enjoyable. And it kind of goes from like this weird, like military action thing into a cult. W- what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's the main takeaway that a lot of people have from it is, yeah. what? <laughs> what do you mean? How? Why? <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's such an interesting film because there are so many different receptions to it. And there are some people that just hate it. Well, 
I mean, and I, I kind of love it for not, that. Yeah, it's, I can see why it's not for everyone, uh, but it's definitely up my alley because I do love a good action movie. I do like, um, you know, these crime elements to it. It just made a really interesting, like, amalgamation of these different uh, genres for for me. And it, yeah, it's just really fascinating because I like Ben Wheatley. I I love in 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 the earth. <laughs> I was like into yeah. the earth. No, into the earth. <laughs> <laughs> into the earth. No, uh, in the earth was really fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think of some other films that I've seen of his. Um, so there's know. Field in England. I just I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. does give that kind of, you can see that it's made by like the same person when you look at all his films and you're like, oh, okay, I totally can see so much of his um, inf- like major influence across all three. Yeah, They're his eye and his themes are in them as well, I think, hmm. across the board, really. Yeah, he's, he's great. I am. Um, and he's and doing the, the Meg too. <laughs> Yes, I haven't seen the first one, but now I'm going to go and see it so I can watch Meg 2. I'm so weird about animal horror films. Mm -hmm. So uh, I tried to watch Crawl and I love crocodiles. Well, Mm -hmm. it's obviously an alligator. Um, But I just get so scared when there's like an animal that's the killer in a movie. It's terrifying. I'm always on their side, though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, me too. Like instantly, yeah, it's lost me. I don't care about anybody else. Go team alligator. Like, yeah, I will always be like, um, I I haven't talked about it in ages on the podcast. My obsession with crocodiles. Like, I told someone that when I first started this podcast two years ago, I was like, I wouldn't be mad if the way I died was a being death rolled by a crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a badass way to go. It's a dramatic way to go. Yeah, it's yeah. very dramatic. <laughs> And it might be traumatizing for anyone that sees it, but sorry, that's if that's the way I want to go, you just have to accept it. You'd be remembered at least. Yeah, like in a couple of generations, I'll be like, hey, remember that great 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 grandmother who got like killed by a crocodile? That was brutal. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit about Kill List it is a 2011 British psychological horror crime film directed by Ben Wigley co-written and co-edited with Amy Jump. The film stars Neil Maskell, uh, Mayanna Burring and Michael, is it Smiley? That's cute. Michael Smiley, yeah. That's yeah. such a lovely name. <laughs> <laughs> when a British soldier returns home from Kiev, he joins an old friend in working as a contract killer. His disturbed past surfaces as he spins out of control during jobs and ominous employees raise the stakes. The film was uh, was filmed in Sheffield, South Yorkshire, in England, but it's a it's an Irish film, isn't it? It's art. No, I are, think are they it, are it, British. Um, Gal is Irish. is Irish. That's right. Um, yeah, but yeah, otherwise, I, and of course, my Anna Buring is Swedish. Yeah, um, so it's kind of an interesting little cross section of nationalities in in the film. Yeah, and it, quite a lot of each sort of person's origin does feature in some small way at least yeah um, which is is a really nice touch um and I think from sort of being obsessed with the film for 10 years now (laughs) I've like managed to read so much about how kind of they were given freedom to do quite a lot with it themselves wow um 
not so much in kind of not like they're improvising but they're like little details that they could all bring to it and they were given the freedom to do that and I think that's so great that you get their personal touches there yeah and I do love when filmmakers do turn to their cast and say hey how can we work together to so you have your influence on your role Mm. and in the story and how it all fits together and um, I was listening to the horror queers talking about Assassination Nation the other the other day, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how Sam Levison was working with the female cast to ensure that he was giving them an authentic experience as well, and that the depiction of women was as close as he could get it as a male. And it's like that's what we want, you know, like that's how we want. The, we don't necessarily care if a male or a female write these characters. But we want it to be influenced by not only real life experiences, but those who identify with, you know, the gender of those characters. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing worse than when you sit down to watch something that's got teenagers talking, which is clearly like a 50 year old's idea of what teenagers teenagers talk like. (laughs) You know, I I think you get so much more of a, a kind of flow to it when you actually hand over to the kids and say, you. what would you speak say how you'd speak you know? yeah 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 because yeah. then it doesn't sound so awkward <laughs> no yeah yeah it, it it can sound so stilted I think yeah. when you've got someone who's like I I think the kids are saying this these days yeah it's that meme where he's got the skateboard and he's like how yeah. you doing <laughs> like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into the movie the opening scene is Jay our protagonist and his wife Shell they are arguing about how much that they've run out of the $40,000 that were in their account. So we see straight away um, they're having a lot of financial issues. Their relationship is quite turbulent because, and this is through the whole movie. It's not just this. Uh, um, and it's always tense between them. Whenever I see them on screen, I'm like, oh, it's so tense. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to start again. I think there's, yeah. um, there's a thing with them throughout the film that there are so many times where they are shouting even when they're not um arguing they are shouting behind a wall or like one of them's in the garden or one of them's behind some door one of them's upstairs or something there's always this huge disconnect between them that means they're raising their voices and kind of almost missing what the other one is saying because they're just not in the same space at all yeah absolutely um their son Sammy can hear them fighting, which I yeah. hate. Not, um, but it also, you know, it it's a depiction of a family who's impacted by, you know, um, finance and relationships that aren't working out or don't work um, codependently of one another and independently of one another. Yeah, I think what's interesting with their financial worries as well is like forty thousand pound in eight months is a lot of money. Yeah. Like, what have they been I, buying? Yeah, I mean, average UK salary isn't touching that for most people. Yeah. Um, and that's for the year. So it, it's kind of interesting to me that their financial concerns are kind of very middle class. Yeah. Concerns and it's sort of like, um, it's about a holiday and it's about a hot tub. It's not necessarily about how do we scrape through. It, yeah. It, it, the, the fight isn't about that. It's about luxury. Yeah, first world problems. I, yeah, and it's kind of like she sends him off and he's come back with like 10 bottles of wine later on or something yeah. like that. Because he's just got no regulation at all. They're probably <laughs> used just... to having a lot of money. 
yes, and not yeah, worrying yeah. about this stuff. And the fact that, you know, she's like, where did this money go? And he's like, it's all gone. How did they not know that this was happening? And that, you know, and that goes back to what you're saying about this disconnect between them. Yeah, yeah. I get the impression that obviously as we move through the film, they've not actually spent a huge amount of time together. Mm. until now until yeah. what's happened eight months <laughs> ago has has finished and then mm. now they're forced to spend this time together they don't have the income because you know there's all these sort of ailments that he seems to have like his bad back or whatever that everyone yeah. kind of doesn't listen to yeah you know they don't they don't seem to take it on for him at all no, he's kind of left on his own to do it and not supported. He's supported by his friend. His wife doesn't seem, Shell doesn't seem that supportive because he also, you know, we do find out later that he does have PTSD and shows signs of PTSD and needing help. And so the fact that Shell is really, she's not dismissive, but just doesn't even seem to acknowledge that he needs that. And there is a moment where her and Gal, Gal are talking and she does, you know, have a reaction finally to the help that her husband needs. But we'll go into that um yeah <laughs> we later see shell sitting in her room crying she's on the phone with her mother i'm assuming she is speaking in swedish um and at this time jay is sitting in their garage having a cigarette <laughs> yeah this is so these are two really lovely touches that you get from yeah. like some of the cast and crew commentaries because shell was just told my Buring rather was told as shell to just say anything in swedish um down the phone because no one would understand it it wasn't really important. unless i was swedish that'd be awkward (laughs) yeah but what she does say is she's arguing with her mother about going back to where she's from okay and apparently part of their town is falling into the sea and that's the the content of her conversation is like her hometown is crumbling and oh. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So she just won't go back there. And it, I think as well, it kind of gives, because this whole film is kind of like foregone conclusions and fate. Yeah. And I think the fact that Shell's options are to go back to a place that's literally about to fall into the sea or stay yeah. with Jay. I yeah. mean, they're both pretty crappy <laughs> options, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> And I, I think it's interesting as well because I think it was Neil Maskell came up with the the thing of Jay smokes in the garage because Shell doesn't know he smokes. And that's where he goes. He just goes to smoke with yeah. his ammunition and that's his little space. He <laughs> sits there and mopes. <laughs> yeah, so he's constantly sulking. Just... Oh, I know. And I was like, that's so typical of like men at that age when they're not getting what they want or you know it's it's so weird because like my my dad isn't a sulker he doesn't even talk about his emotions but I know a lot of men that do sulk yeah it's like I do it too I get it but it's nice to see that you know that other you know that men do it as well yeah we're not the only ones (laughs) yeah he's just sort of constantly you know walking away and and like I say it's that moment again of the the disconnect yeah. And them both keeping things from one another. Yeah. Because you can't imagine her going to him to talk about her hometown. No. He's not going to listen. He's not going to. Yeah. And it'll go in one ear out the other. Yeah. What do you mean it's falling into the sea? It can't fall into the sea. Yeah. What are you it's about? just. 
and I think as well some of these early sequences like we'll probably get into more concrete theories about uh about the film later but a lot of people have said you know is he dreaming yeah because some of the stuff in even originally is quite strange yeah you know quite disconnected quite sort of but it's benign as well it's not really it's there's nothing dramatic to it there's nothing there's no lynchian weirdness yeah but it doesn't feel entirely comfortable and it doesn't feel entirely real either yeah kind of like a mysterious kind of um aesthetic as well to the entire film like a but you, you do have that with ben wheatley's films as well that yeah it's like is this a real experience or is someone dreaming or thinking of this like what's going on yeah i think as well like throughout the film so many people tell jay to wake up yeah like there's just a constant stream of people shouting at him too or his son is trying to wake him or yeah gal tells him at some point it's it all sort of adds up so i can see why why some people might come down on a kind of is it a dream kind of experience then yeah that's really interesting i don't believe that but i think it's It's an interesting concept to explore yeah yeah um shell has organized a dinner party with their friends uh gal and he's brought along his latest girlfriend fiona who is a human resources manager uh shell we find out that shell was in the swedish army for civil service and there's images of both her and jay around the house in their like middle uh, military regalia and whatnot so we we get that they have a history in the army in the armed services and that that's kind of maybe even how they met yeah yeah i think as well in in that conversation it's quite interesting that shell is sort of because fiona's quite concerned she said oh i didn't realize they made girls do that as well and she's like no no i wanted to i think it immediately sets shell apart as sort of like because up until then you're kind of thinking what is she doing with jay to some point like how did this relationship ever work they're both so volatile and then you sort of start to see okay they've got similar backgrounds similar careers you know interests Yeah. yeah Yeah, it starts to contextualise that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, During the evening, Gal tells Jay that he has a new job for them. And Jay says he refuses to take the job um, based on his past experiences that happened about eight months ago. But Gal admits that he's already told Shell about the job in passing. And Jay's like, oh, that's why she's (laughs) been on my back about taking up, like, to pick up a job. So we see that, you know, Shell also kind of wants him out of the house because at the dinner table, she also mentions that um, three months is a good enough time for him to be away and that she feels like a single mum. Yeah. And I was like, oh, (laughs) do you even like your husband? (laughs) She's always like, I feel like there's a perfect time for them to spend time together, which is like a week at best. And then it starts to break. And then it's like, you've just got to go. You gotta go. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the worst dinner party in the world. Follows. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> we find that Gal and Jay have told people that they are salesmen in IT uh, because, you know, it's obvious they've got to have a cover of some kind. They're assassins. So yeah. <laughs> um, there's a. 
I love when he gets the rack of lamb and it's got the little hats on it and he's like, oh, are these for my fingers? Because I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I think that's what's so perfect about this for me is particularly the scenes you get with Jay and Gal interacting. There's such a great sort of, I know bromance is overused, but it is. It is, It really is. They are kind of, because, and there's just a way that they speak to one another that makes it work, that you can understand that they've been through things together and they've developed a kind of uh, gallows humour between them as well about everything they've seen. But, But they are affectionate with one another as well yeah they are they are they're really good bromance i really love it um jay is incredibly uh, um dismissive of fiona's role in hr because he's like oh you have to fire people and he does make quite a few you know snide comments about her job and i'm just like i i get it he he doesn't have a job at the moment, so he's going to be a little bit bitter towards things like that because he's struggling to... I think he's really struggling to find where he fits in without being a contract killer. Like, what would he do yeah. if he wasn't killing people for a living? Yeah, I think he's a man who, as we kind of learn, his response to everything is violence. Like, yeah. He's just a constant, like, open wound of a man. Yeah. You know, he, he's like every provocation he's like right i'm gonna kick off yeah <laughs> and know? that's that is a sign of ptsd as well the um the emotional dysregulation and our fight or flight responses and jay with everything he is in fight mode like straight yeah. away like we also see that where shell makes a passing comment about jay not working and he just tips his plate of food onto the table yeah yeah and then i think it's it is kind of interesting with the the tablecloth pull as well yeah because it's one of the film's very first echoes so originally he's put in his um his son to bed and he's gonna turn off the lights and he counts down to say abracadabra to switch the lights off and then he says the same phrase when he pulls the tablecloth yeah and it, it it's just that yeah he uses the same ideas all the time but in vastly different sort of states of emotion yeah and i think particularly in that when he is put in his his son to bed and there's like oh i want a king arthur story and he's like no you you don't there are better stories and i think that's something that's so interesting about jay is he's really consumed by nostalgia yeah uh but also he's he doesn't like it because it's too simple and he's found himself in a space that's anything but simple yeah complex uh so he doesn't get to be like this arthurian knight that everyone loves he's you know he's an iraq veteran but and he even says i think later at the dinner party that he would want to be involved in world war ii because you knew where you were you know his idea is that the morality there is much more something that he can understand. He can yeah. go, well, I would be the good guy there. And I don't think he feels that in anywhere else in his life. He's got no space where yeah. he feels that he's right. Yeah. There's also, because he's, uh, Shell also does say something about him getting over the fact that Iraq's over and done with for him. And for people who are veterans and war veterans and people with PTSD, you just don't get over something like that. 
Um, no, my cousin was in the army during East Timor and um, ended up having to do something pretty awful and was discharged and he has never really fully recovered from it. Yeah. I, I think this 20 is 20 years a, ago. Yeah, this is a pattern that that we have in in that we expect people to go and do these things and then slot back into society just oper- function normally again and it's yeah. not ever possible. Yeah. And I think particularly with the kind of the standards that Shell has for their home, for their family life. Yeah. It's even more pressure then to be, you know, that Something kind else. of provider. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jay uh, removes himself from the room and Shell follows after him and we hear them yelling at one another. Gal takes Sammy up to bed who has woken up and, you know, he tells his parents, um, well, he tells him that his parents love him and that after this fight, it'll all be okay again. They've just had too much to drink. Um, then we see the cat having a munch on the rack of lamb, <laughs> which I thought that'd so be my cat. Yeah. She'd be like, this is mine now. Yeah. If, if ever, I get the impression that like that cat is always full of treats because yeah. every dinner ends like that. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's <Always> spoiled. gone. <laughs> yes. This is my lamb. <laughs> Uh, Fiona tries to lighten the situation with Shell asking her about Sammy, to which uh, Shell says he was the one you know. And what a line. Fiona's like, the love of your life? And Shell says, no, the one who started it. What a line. It's so funny. It's just... I was like, I was not expecting that response at all. <laughs> yeah. But again, you see, you see in that moment how totally perfect they are for one another because it's yeah. this kind of very cut-in kind of attitude to one another but yet like either one of them could have gone yeah you know like if she didn't want to be with him she could have left while he was away she stays for a reason there's not you know it's a very strange a very volatile relationship but I think it's played quite well and they've got great chemistry as well you know that kind of yeah that they are able to manage the ebb and flow of it yeah of even portraying a very turbulent relationship. Um, Jay's in the garage having another cigarette and Gal is telling him about the job and that they only have three people on the list and then it's over. Over and done with. Um, We see them later on in the evening. Shell and Jay have made up. They're laughing. They're um, outside in like a deck area and um, Fiona goes up to the bathroom. And in the bathroom, she takes a mirror off and carves a, carves a cross with a triangle on it. We also saw this at the start of the film as well, in the opening. Um, she picks up the tissues that Jay has had used to um, wipe the blood off his face from shaving and places them in her bra, hanging up the mirror and leaving. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> a curious bit of behaviour for a I'm HR st- department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. First of all, leaving bloody tissues around. Yeah, why isn't that in the bin or the toilet? Don't be doing that. Um, I think uh, that blood is kind of interesting as well because it happens because his son nudges him very early. And there's no reason for that other than his son is kind of seeing how his parents interact Mm. and sort of just injecting these moments of like, 
force into everyday yeah. situations it's like he, he can't equally he's not regulating himself because he's around people who are not yeah absolutely either. he's like testing situations and yeah it's it's kind of like kids do that as well they want to test their parent they want to see how far they can get <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and i think he is sort of very involved as a father and i think yeah. that's kind of what you get throughout is that he would like to be there more yeah that he kind of knows who he is most of the time with his son in yeah, a way absolutely. that he doesn't know elsewhere mm. i think that's why he's so hurt when the kid doesn't really want to hear his story yeah because he's like no but you know i'm your hero and this is a better like, story no, Dad. yeah King i Arthur, think that's please yeah that's quite wounding to him i think oh yeah and the thing is like kids do that to their parents but jay because of the you know the mental state that he is in would take that so incredibly personal and as being rejected by his child rather yeah. than rather than you know um giving his child what he that he's asked for like you yeah. a typical parent wouldn't take that personally no like, no oh, okay, it, cool. it's just Let's read yeah, King you Arthur. want this bed bedtime story, but yeah. everything is so personal to Jay. He oh, just yeah. takes everything <laughs> as a personal attack. He's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jay, but also what a bloody nightmare man. Oh, like, just, yeah. And, and you kind of feel like he just makes life harder for himself. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And you do wonder at times, like, Gal is so easygoing. Yeah, why is and he it... friends with Jay? <laughs> yeah, well, how are they friends? What do and you I mean, mean? We get so much of that with them towards the end of the, the dinner party when people are going home. Because they have this moment where they're, like, hugging. Yeah, and then fighting in the front yard. Yeah, and it so quickly does it stop telling my wife things. Yeah. Like, and then they're rolling around on the floor. These are 40 plus year old men. Yeah. Like, just. Filthy animals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, you're never sure when they're laughing and when they're actually fighting because yeah. their entire relationship is so barbed. Mm. It, it's like everything they say to one another is kind of, it could be an insult. Or like a backhanded be... comment. Yeah. 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 And of course, it gets echoed later with them fighting. And again, yeah. it goes from quite jovial to really extreme, and then back to like, "Oh, we're great friends. What what oh, a time gosh. we've had!" And it's like, what a time. <laughs> it just like it, they're so emotional. I think mm. it is is what's so interesting about it. And I think yeah. in in so many horror films, particularly, you don't often get quite that male emotion that's going skew it yeah then it, it, like this is quite an interesting sort of representation of that kind of masculinity and how it ebbs and flows between them yeah. it's really really fascinating it, it feels authentic in a way because friendships both male or female are that way and can be yeah. that in a way toxic and yeah. um detrimental to one another yeah without yeah. the other person or without both parties realising how bad they probably are for one another. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they put a lot of stock into holding one another up. Yeah. I, and it's like, if they're not holding one another up, what do they have? But I guess that's yeah. because Who they are bond. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that's, again, because their bond has been forged because they were really, you know, in, in a hostile situation. Yeah. You know, we don't know the exact details. And but there's perpetrating kind of a lot... violence in a way. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of details about sort of... Because in the kind of commentary with Ben Wheatley, there's sort of a moment where he's like, I wish we hadn't said so much about what happened in Kiev. Like, yeah. Or at some point, if they just put a flashback in and it's just Jay dancing at a nightclub really badly and he's just embarrassed about it. Yeah. And actually that that kind of, that works because Jay does take everything so personally yeah. and he's wounded by everything. So like just an embarrassment Could might have well have written that. Jay off. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. And, um, and I think it's so key because everything, it, he's... He's this really strange mix of a character internalizing everything. So yeah. he, he views everything as happening directly to him. But his reaction to that is to just burst. Yeah, it's like a time bomb. Well, not yeah. even a time bomb. His reaction straight away is anger and hostility. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really uh, quite something. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> um. <laughs> We have a black screen and hear the whispering, wake up, wake up. Uh, we then see Sammy leaning over his dad trying to wake him up. And I love that he, like, holds his nose <laughs> so that he can't <laughs> breathe. Oh, I was like, oh, my dad would have freaked out if I did that Because <laughs> my dad is ex-military and the way that they wake each other up is by touching feet. And so oh. my dad had always said to me, if you want to wake me up, just grab grab my feet. So I used to come home drunk from the pub and like move his feet around and be like, Dad, Dad, I'm home. I'm going to bed. And he'll be like, Real really? Go to bed. Fuck off. <laughs> why would he give you such a, a potent Why would you weapon? tell me that? Why why would you do that? Don't tell twenty year old me that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and run with it. <laughs> <laughs> Shell's inside the kitchen and this is another scene where we hear Jay yelling out to her but it's quite yeah. a um a light-hearted interaction because she's laughing about it because she's like what do you want and he's like well you've got to come out here and see it yeah and she's it's like no playful. you bring it here yeah and it's kind yeah. of like nice to see that they also have this kind of dynamic as well even yeah. though that you know they are struggling with their relationship and their marriage that they do yeah. have moments where um, they're setting a good example for their son and and doing their best to be um, as okay as they can be. Yeah, because I, I think if you have them at the at one another's throats the entire time, yeah. there's nothing to save. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to see them stick together. And the bits where you see them, where they are playful together and they are sort of talking in, in normal ways. Yeah. It, it does lend an emotional weight to it yeah you're kind of like okay well they do have some normality yeah absolutely yeah yeah um so out in the backyard shell finds jay leaning over a rabbit well they only the only reason they find out it's a rabbit is because jay dips his finger into the blood and licks it and he's like oh it's a rabbit and yeah he goes he decides he's going to cook it up with some garlic and onions and I love that he sits out in the backyard with this cheeky grin on his face. And Sammy's like, what is he doing, mum? And she says, he's showing off. So he's out there making sure the cat can see him eating the rabbit out, out in the backyard. Yeah. 
it's an offering, not an Ill- insult. It's my yeah. favourite thing. Because he really, really does imprint on the cat quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a through line of that cat being like, always doing quite well out of Jay, to be honest. Yeah. He strikes me as, you know, you see all these men who are like, I don't want a cat. We're not having a cat. And then, like, they show you sort of a photo of, like, three months later. Three months and the cat later. is, like, on their shoulders. <laughs> like, he's that dad, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Because, um, yeah, Sammy's like, oh, he's eating a dead rabbit? What the hell? Yuck, dad. <laughs> Michelle yeah, has I, a good laugh about it. Yeah. And, of course, I weirdly, in all the time I've, I've watched this, it's only just occurred to me that the reason he knows what rabbit blood tastes like is because it's what him and Gal eat when they're on stakeouts. Oh, okay. Because later when they go further on the list, uh, Gal is skinning rabbits. Oh, yeah. And I've never quite put that together before, but you know. (laughs) You're just like, oh, okay, all makes sense now that he knows what rabbit would taste like. Yeah. Mm. Don't think I could eat rabbit. No. I'm Don't terrified of rabbits, so I'm, I wouldn't <laughs> do very well with it. Why? I, they're horrible creatures. I, I'm just, you know, I, I, things that look nervous all the time yeah. make me nervous. <laughs> because I wonder what. Be nervous. <laughs> I, I want to know what they know. <laughs> what and why you, they're so know? concerned. Why? Why do you have that look on your face all the time? Yeah. Get, like, stop looking like that. Yeah. Have you got inside info that we should be worried about? <laughs> are you know. a harbinger of doom? That is my question. <laughs> they absolutely are. That's the thing. That's. The I thing. need to know if you're coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry, I was just. I've just had to open an email. Sorry. Um, so Jay and Gal go to meet their client and it feels like it's like the next day because Jay says something about how'd you pull up this morning and he says I got a dear John sticky tape to my cock this morning yes yeah no thanks Um, (laughs) so (laughs) they go to like it looks kind of like a hotel kind of building and um, they meet an old man in the dining room who takes them to a private room to discuss their job. And he's kind of like telling Jay how he knows that Jay has a reputation and like he's really good at his job. And um, they don't really talk anything but this like ambiguous conversation. Uh, the client then grabs Jay's hand and slices it open and then his own. And this was so that the contract could effectively be signed in blood. Yeah. So I, a little bit of a little Easter egg thing. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I think what what's so interesting to me about some of the reaction to this film is that people who kind of go into the third act and they're like, well, that came out of nowhere. And I'm like, where were you the entire where film? Where have you been? It's very, very, <laughs> very clearly laid out. And when you watch it back, you're like, yeah, like okay. it's all very, very well seeded. Like little, yeah, little seeds planted everywhere that you go, and, what the hell? And it's great uh, going into that meeting when they've got the the shot of the the rainbow above the car and just both mm. of them walking out and everything like that. And as well, it's it's so interesting during when the client is talking to Jay because he's talking about the last job and he says, we're rewriting it. 
think that's so interesting. What do you mean and that, you're to rewriting me, indicates this? That, yeah, Jay has not really come to terms with whatever happened. So mm. he's just creating a new version of it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that obviously plays into the wider idea of the reconstruction. Yeah. That's put in that scene. I love this scene so much because, to me, the the little scene just after it perfectly sums up Jay and Gal's relationship. So when, like, the cut is made on Jay's hand, Gal is yeah. ready to kill. Like, he's there with yeah. the gun immediately. Like, I will kill everyone. What in are you doing? Room. I'm going to shoot you in the head. Yeah. And then, not even five minutes later, he's making a wank joke. Yeah. Like, he is just... <laughs> And again, he's like, it's not your wanking hand, is it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, every cloud. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a, a really, I mean, Michael Smiley is a hilarious man anyway. Okay. Like, in everything he's in, like, I think the first thing I've seen him in is Spaced when he's the, um, oh. the he's tires in, in that. Um, so he's the like, guy who turns up on a bike and he always like hears a rave going on oh, he makes I, raves out of different things i think i've seen maybe one episode yeah <laughs> maybe it wasn't the tires episode i don't think it was because it's really yeah, hard to get here it's really hard to find here so i don't oh, know no. why because uh, oh. australia just doesn't get anything we don't get anything fun no that's a no shame. they take all the fun away from us <laughs> you got kangaroos and that's it and they, like, i don't care someone else can they were them. enough they were enough fun for everyone <laughs> <laughs> they kill people when they can um, yes. I like the little ones, they're fun, they're cute <laughs> so in order to blend in for their, for their job Jay and Gal pack up and they head off to a hotel and they're pretending that they're there I don't know what they say to the research something about work or a work conference or, or something like that but um, when Jay goes to pay for the room his credit card's declined so he rings Shell and he's like this can't happen because this makes people notice me like, I'm yeah. trying to, and that's where we kind of learn that Shell knows what he does for a living. And yes. she's totally okay with it. She's like, yeah, yeah cool. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. This is what I love about almost every development with Shell is that yeah. she she is a character within her own right. She yeah. is not the sort of unknowing wife at home. Yeah. Um, she, she is fully involved. She's fully on board. She even facilitates things. So it's yeah, like, like finding him jobs and is yeah. like, take the job. Because it's doing? kind of like at some point, her and Gal are sort of basically Jay's agents. It feels like. And it's <laughs> He's like. He's got an agent for killing people. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to farm him out to people. I think it's so interesting as well when he's on the phone to her complaining. Yeah. He was like, first, it makes me look like a mug. Yeah, like that's his his predominant concern because again. Is this value this him. this visual it's surface this level? Thing, yeah, this thing about him and yeah, his like insecurities about himself. Yeah, it's not even like, oh, this is you know you're gonna blow up the mission. It's <laughs> you've made me look like a man who can't pay, yeah. pay his hotel bill. Like that's mm. so crazy, so horrible, and the fact that. <laughs> Um, it's like projected onto Shell as well. It's just like, well, yeah. this isn't her fault. Like, why is it her fault that, like, why why don't you keep your own accounts? Yeah, it's like how how harsh she is with her about the Pyrex jug for the gravy. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, he makes such a huge fuss about why that. Is, yeah, why was he so obsessed with the fact that 
it looked like a chemistry set is what he said yeah and again it's all that image thing and and yet she's made an effort with the little feet on the rack of lamb and he makes fun of that yeah like which i'd be hurt if i was shell and he was carrying on that way like being so pedantic about the smallest things and yeah yeah and and it does show like that he hasn't taken care of his own mental health and he projects that onto other people especially his wife which sucks yeah so later then that night they're at the hotel dining room there's a small (laughs) group of people um I'm, i'm not too sure they are a christian group um yep. and then just discussing their mental health journeys with one another like one of the girls is discussing about how her her anxiety has gotten better and she hasn't been having anxiety attacks all day and jay is sitting at the table making fun of them yeah absolutely seething like um, why is he so mad and it's like obviously he's <laughs> not emotionally mature enough like he's no. not not and and this is once again another projection because he mm. is so mad that they're discussing their mental health with one another and that they seem to show compassion for each other. And he's like, yeah. wait a second, um, what about me? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just really frustrating that he does that. I think this is one of my favourite scenes for Neil Maskell's performance because it is incredible. He's the funniest man on earth. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just... Is he usually in comedy? I think there's a lot of crossover, I think, yeah. between... Because I think he did, like, a couple of football hooligan movies or something like that. Okay. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, he's definitely done some comedy. And it's, it's sort of... His deadpan delivery is brilliant. I mean, the... <laughs> when the guitar comes out is one of my oh favourite moments. Because we've all been there. We've all wanted to do it. And I think this is the thing. He kind of he's he's got very little patience in this kind of thing anyway but bringing yeah. out a, a guitar uh, it's, it's like just second hand embarrassment straw. for him he's like i yes. can't be seen in this facility with you doing that yeah we, we, i forget the exact line but when someone is like um oh i i can understand how it might be hard to swallow and he's like not as hard as a dinner plate yeah <laughs> but he also tells them that they're giving him indigestion <laughs> And I love that. I was that. like, oh, I mean. While all this is happening, Gal is just Pissing dying laughing. laughing at the yeah. table. Like, he's just really enjoying it. He, he quite <laughs> enjoys, I think, sometimes winding Jay, Jay up and watching yeah. him go. Yeah. Like, just lighting that fuse and watching him bubble, really. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like when he walks out, he gets to play good guy. He gets to be like, "Oh, put a, put a word in with the man upstairs for me," and you know, yeah. orange juices all round. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they get into the corridor together, and then they both start smiling. It's like a weird kind of like like they've both had a good time. And you can, oh. how are you having a good time when you're that yeah. angry all the time? What's yeah. going on? Like you're just waiting for somebody to light that fuse, and off you go. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the next day, Jay and uh, Gal are sitting in their car um, outside a church speculating what the priest is up to. <laughs> like, yeah. what's yeah. he done wrong? Why do we need to kill him? Um, because they're not told why they need to kill these people. They're just told who they are, where they're going to be, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, we see the priest inside speaking with his parish, delivering a sermon, and then obviously ushering them out once they're done. Gal is um, very uncomfortable with the priest mm. discussion, and as an Irish person, I can see why he would be, um, yeah. because of the Catholic versus Protestant persecution that was going on um, at probably before this. I'm, I'm not too sure when it when it ended, to be honest. Um I don't think it ever has really. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's kind of still there. And I think as well, particularly someone of Gal's age, he's grown up with it yeah, yeah. as a, a dominant concern in his mind then. Because mm. it's quite interesting in the the dinner party then that both Jay and Shell are really anti-religion, like openly yeah. hostile about it. Because it was someone's on about saying a prayer and she's like, not at my table. Mm. it's sort of very very strict on it of like absolutely not no thanks and there's um there's a really funny line in the ben wheatley com- commentary where they talk about like jay's relationship with religion and it's like oh jay would offer god out for a fight like he's just, <laughs> he genuinely He'll just thinks punch on that. instead <laughs> yeah yeah he, he's just genuinely the so much the center of his own universe yeah. that he can't imagine anything sexualized yeah yeah um so the two go inside the church and wait in the office for the priest um they've covered everything in like plastic sheets and like not to leave any evidence behind and um jay is like hiding i don't know if he's in a closet or if he's like in a adjacent like an adjoining room uh but he comes out and points a gun to the priest's head and the response the priest gives is thank you before he's shot in the head. So it's kind of like, does this priest know who Jay is? Mm. Like, and why? Um, yeah. So what was this priest involved in? Like, what's, why did he know who Jay was kind of thing? Um, after Jay shoots the priest, the two uh, carry his body out in like... Um, black bags i don't know if it's a body bag or if it's like garbage bags or something and then i think it's just bin bags yeah bin bags yeah because it looked really heavy duty so i was like that could be anything <laughs> um and they put his corpse into a huge furnace mm. where where are these furnaces and why are they so readily available <laughs> you just rock up with your regular with your... body sized yeah. bag and chuck it oh, in and you know, yeah it's like a free disposal <laughs> service <laughs> <laughs> It is so Why? brutal when they drop him. When they they're dropping that body around, it's brutal. Oh yeah, because there's just no care at all. No. It's just, but I mean, it goes to show that the the weight of their job also leaves no room for compassion and empathy at this yeah. point. Because I know that does change with the next um, mm-hmm. kill that's on their list. So they've been advised to go to a building um, to look at. It's like a storage shed kind of thing and Mm. there's a room or shipping container that's inside this storage which contains um, a lot of videos and information and files and whatnot. And the content of the videos um, absolutely enraged Jay. Mm. Um, Yeah. It upsets Gal. It upsets Gal more, I think. And then you see... Jay watch it and he gets emotional and then obviously his response to everything as Jay is to kick off. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) to kick off. Yeah, that's definitely 
what happens because uh, they rock up to the house of the second target and the way they drag him into the house because he was in the front yard I was like oh my god I was like this isn't going to be good yeah um the man who turns out to be a, a, a position role that they call the librarian so he is the keeper of all this information yeah um and he's like uh, you've got the wrong person. I'm just a librarian. I didn't do this. And so they basically torture the details out of him to find um, another person called the archivist and um, the people who created these films. Yeah. And it's really horrific because Gal goes upstairs to, um, to like, look around. Yeah. And um, Jay is downstairs basically beating in the librarian's head with a hammer to kill yeah. him. And so it's like, and then Jay, uh, Gal's like, how are we going to clean this up? Like, this is your mess now because we wouldn't usually do this. This is yeah. a mess. What the hell? Yeah. It's the emotion has got away from him again. It's like yeah. when you look at the, the planning of the priest killing, yeah. you know, like I say, the plastic everywhere, we're ready, we're taking him out the way. This is based on pure adrenaline and yeah, yeah. rage, just like in uncontrollable and um, I'm trying to think because my therapist gives it a word <laughs> and I'm just like I can't think of what the word is. <laughs> like this oh. anger that just you are pushed past a point of being able to like rationalize with yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it, yeah, it sort of it transcends any kind of thought yeah about it yeah yeah I definitely had that moment here i think it's sort of interesting with the video because it, again like so many things within the film it's never revealed exactly mm. what it is um, yeah and like i say obviously it's left to the individual viewer mm. to almost imprint on them what they'd be most upset about yeah absolutely like I mean, you for do me it was children on the video. being hurt like for me, I was like, "Oh, kids are being hurt." Yeah, I don't know. I, I there's something in the way they talk about women and sex earlier, where it's okay. like, uh, "Jay says something about um, I'm too old for that, and so are you." Uh, about sort of some of his exploits with Fiona, then. Yeah, and there's something in it that that kind of makes me feel like. Like, even though they're having this quite jovial conversation, which is a little bit disrespectful. Yeah. That actually any harm being done would be a big red line Absolutely for them both. Not. Yeah. Um, and I, I do wonder about about that element of it. Mm, um, if that's what it was. Yeah. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But again, it, it, it's it's left open enough that you can kind of pick your own and, and make make it go into yeah you uh, get you are the creator of what this horrific thing is yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I love that gal has a, a line here about um the sign of a good painter and decorator is clean overalls when yeah jay is bathed in, in red <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think this is the point of the film where i feel like um jim williams music really starts to creep in it, yeah. in a way that starts to feel very much like it starts to descend really i mm. think this is the beginning of that descent and you start to get like those little chimes in and that drone through yeah. that's really cut in it, it I, and the atmosphere gets thicker and thicker 
And I think it's because you know something's about to go down. That's yeah, unplanned. Yeah. I mean, I, I've told this story before, but during the the hammer scene, um, I, I went to see this in the cinema, and there were like six people in the cinema. Um, two of them were a couple who, during the hammer scene, had a row and walked out because she'd come in going like, "It's called Kill List. It's going to be horrible. Why are we here?" And he yeah. was like, "No, no, it's going to be fine." And then, no, with the hammer, and then she's like, "Definitely wasn't fine." So, like, <laughs> but, but I think it's it's almost like you need that moment, yeah. Um, because up until then, you're you're not really sure. I don't know. You're not sure of their capabilities. They don't look like killers. They yeah. don't look. They you really know, blend see, in, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you know, they they're sort of older blokes they're not particularly sort of they don't look military even you know no, there's not a certain element of them so yeah you kind of need this to to sort of show i think that there is something particularly in jay something quite animalistic yeah and it definitely resonates in that scene where you're just like whoa that's overkill what's going yeah. on in your head yeah and of course that continues as it goes on, because when yeah. he gets into that lockup and has a little tour around there, and Gal has just left him for twenty minutes, yeah. and then comes in to be like, "Oh, he's he's gone round and killing everyone." Because yeah. Gal comes into the house and finds Jay like slamming the head of another man into the wall. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, and he's, he's like, "Oh, just... was it twenty minutes already?" Yeah, like, I was just like, "Whoa!" That guy's face was like it had been like ripped off, like the skin of his face yeah. had been ripped off. And Gal's like, "Well, what are you going to do now?" And he like shoots him like five times in the head. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, he's gone beyond the part, like the point where he can be like rationalized with." Yes. Yeah. 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 It's completely gone, isn't it? Mm. I think it's it's as well that that kind of like there's a suggestion that jay was interested in fire when he was a kid okay and he's he's also looking into the fire at that time and i think it's it like i say he has such a destructive nature yeah he's just always kind of going going to push it further and always almost holding his his hand to the fire as it were yeah um and of course with his hand that is getting much, much worse yes. as things go on. Very, very grim. But I love that for this one, they take all the their, their bodies, I think there was like two or three of them, out to the countryside and bury them. So yeah, I found yeah. that it was fascinating that they're doing things differently, obviously, so there's not a lot of connections made back to them, mm. that, you know, different bodies are going to different places and, and whatnot. Yeah, different methods. And yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense. And of course, after that point, Jay sees Fiona outside. Yeah, at her house. At his house, sorry. <laughs> and, and it's it's kind of like it's another one of those things of is she there? Is it one of his weird fever dreams because his yeah. hand is pumping God knows what into him? Into his body? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's because I think she's positioned almost like a witch. I feel like yeah. Fiona is almost like a witch uh, it, it, within the trappings of the film. And if you look at it as kind of itself being 
based a little bit on Arthurian legend, this idea of an antagonistic witch character yeah, um, with a kind of mystical edge coming in to undo the hero. You can see why Jay, like, casts her in that role. Yeah, like, puts her in that position to be like, she's the reason that I'm getting undone and this is why this is happening. And at least in his brain, he has, like, gotten that, Log- like the way that he's formed his you know logical thought yeah yeah <laughs> that me being shit and me doing this fiona i can project that all onto some presence within our home being the reason that i am this way or that this is yeah. happening and although he doesn't blame her at any point we can see that he is putting all this back onto her yeah he he absolutely views her as as something mystical or something supernatural almost Mm. i think and she might not even be she might just be a friendly woman yeah she's just in hr that doesn't necessarily make her a bad person (laughs) i mean it does Um, (laughs) yes also does but um before this gal is also telling jay while they were raiding the safe house that he took enough money to cover the the sum that they would receive for their contract and that they can abandon it if they want they can just yeah. not do it anymore. Um, at home, Jay is being is getting dressed, and his <laughs> he has like this red slash, like his veins are black. Yeah. Um, it's like his arm is rotting, kind of in a way, yeah. like from the inside out. And the cut on his hand is just gruesomely infected, Dis- yeah. disgusting. And Shell's like, "You need to go to the doctors. Like, what the hell is going on? What's happened?" Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it's it's because it, he's been cleaning it for a while with like TCP, which does yeah. nothing. You know, there's absolutely no no impact on it whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, it's a deep cut that we see it at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he's sort of just traveling. He doesn't take good care of himself anyway. No. <laughs> you know, he's he's you know constantly drinking, um, mixing that with pills. Yeah, and all of that like into his angry little worldview <laughs> Whatever anyway. that's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the worst happens mm. and the cat is killed. Yeah. Well, he goes to the doctors first. And oh, he does, yes. It's yeah. not his regular doctor. And so he no. finds it's another man who just talks like this really cryptic shit to him. And he's like, I just fix my hand for me. Yeah. And yeah, the doctor says, says to him something along the lines of the past is forgotten, the future is yet to come, but what we do now is is the moment. Yeah. And Jay's like, just give me the antibiotics. Yeah. Why are you doing yeah, this I to mean, me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, again, that feels like a dream sequence almost. Yeah. You know when, when you're in a dream and you're like, you're in a familiar place, but the things being said, you just don't gel properly? Yeah. And you're just like, and, and this again, makes no sense. This could be, you know, at this point, Jay is all, all, always kind of an unreliable figure. Yeah. But now he's dealing with massive infection and, you know, intoxication. So he's even less yeah. on the level than he normally is. And I think that that's what's so interesting with, with Gal sort of saying, okay, we, we just don't do it. You know, yeah. we'll get you out. Um, no. no more. Yeah. We're not doing this. 
but uh, later that night, Jay's on the couch and he pops two of his pills along with a whiskey. And <laughs> Shell calls out to him uh, where he discovers that their pet cat has been wrapped up and sh- like strung up, um, hanging in, like in, out the front of their front door. And um, he blames, um, I can't remember, he says something about someone in the neighborhood or the kids in the neighborhood or something like that. Yeah. And um, he's not too fast, obviously, because he's on pills and booze, which is a de- like a dangerous combination, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Do not recommend. Don't recommend. I did that last <laughs> weekend. Um, I have to take um, like an opiate for oh. my chronic pain. And I yeah. had three standard drinks. Um, they were about 3% alcohol. I had PIMS. And I had oh, to wow. take like the lightest of drinks okay. <laughs> I had to go tell my partner I was like um you need to drive home because I don't feel okay like I can't drive yeah. and that's the last time I will drink on my medication because I never had and so I was yeah. like I'm in a safe environment like I'm at a house I'm I'm fine I'll just have a couple and no I won't be doing that again um <laughs> no we're, not can't, can't condone the killless drinking game in which no. you drink every time Jay has a drink or something like that. <laughs> no, you'll even... be very unwell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I've had like one drink on them and I've been fine, but when I've gone past the one, we're not doing it again, everyone. I promise. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. So the next day, Gal and Jay are meeting with the client to basically tell them they're not going to do it, but. Yeah. And the client tells them that if they don't go through with the killings, their families will also be killed. And Gal asks, why do these people need to be killed? To which the client replies, a new formation. So we're getting a general idea that um, they're a bit of an organisation and they need to remove people that are um, standing against it or stopping their progress with whatever their plans are. So we don't really ever find out what their plans are. It's just a really weird um it's just vague and and i don't feel like it takes away from the film either not knowing those things no i think to be honest that's why the film's got such a a legacy and interest in it because Mm. if if you did come forward and say yes it's very much this this is the answer yeah you kind of lose something in it i mean obviously i think it's very easy to ascribe sort of when they're talking about a reconstruction and then you look at who's on the list they have a priest, so you're talking about the reconstruction of religion. Yeah. Um, you know, the librarian, you're talking about the reconstruction of the canon or, you know, knowledge. Removing, yeah, yeah, intelligence, knowledge. Um, yeah. Past and, yeah. Past and present, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the MP is clearly a political reconstruction. Yeah. And um, the hunchback, well, <laughs> that... Yeah, don't I don't know. We'll about, get to I don't that. Know about that one. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh I... yeah! Oh my god! My brain just went. Oh my god! I know what it is. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh no. Uh Gal and Jay camp out in the woods, basically watching the um, the house of this politician that they're well MP. Um, I don't know if they're actually a politician. <laughs> um. So while they are at. This is also where Gal cooks up a rabbit for them to eat and they just hang out and do a little bit of a stakeout. So while they're watching the house, they witness a ceremony in the woods where a person is sacrificed. And yeah. they're Covered obviously... 20 pound notes. 
Yeah, and they're just like, what the fuck? You don't get to do that. So Jay opens fire on them. Yeah, because he's sensible like that. Yeah, he that's hears, a really great you know, idea. 30 plus people out in the mm. woods nude. Like, just, just go ahead and they fire were gun at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, are they naked at that? But yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a procession, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's interesting as well, because, again, in terms of the reconstruction, um, the the woman who, who's hanged is, um, she's got sort of like £20 notes over yeah. there. So it's almost obviously a financial reconstruction involved yeah. as well. So it, it sort of feels like a very deep conspiracy that's sort yeah. of reaching into. And I, I think that's really interesting as well, because Gal talks very early on in the film when he's taking sammy back to bed at the dinner party he talks about um like not drinking water because the government puts shit in it to shrink your balls (laughs) and it's sort of it's so interesting that you've got these two men that are almost paranoid about everything Hmm. You, you know that they are kind of um conspiracy is at the forefront of their mind and potentially because they've been involved in them themselves absolutely so So they've got kind of a reason for them to be questioning their government i mean like everybody should question their government but um yeah to the point where they're like okay the government's trying to kill us because they have probably been involved in government plans to kill others well yeah there's a mention of of during jay's story time with sammy about um an armored car and two Mm. people guarding and it gives you the impression that whatever they were doing they were quite high up and quite close to important people um which is terrifying when you consider the state of them (laughs) yeah yeah, should you be should you have been where you were probably not (laughs) but yeah i kind of love the 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 sort of through line of conspiracy you know that runs through and also that when they are staking out the house it's like there's one man living in all that like that's not right you know (laughs) they're sort of quite put off by the um by the the luxury that he lives in yeah Um, the um disparity in the class and like the class levels and whatnot like class structure and and I'm trying to uh, trying to think because I think this is around the kind of time that we had um, like an MP expenses scandal in okay. the country where it was sort of found out that like prominent MPs had like used their uh, expenses to like build a moat <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's like a moat. Yeah, like a little duck yeah. moat or something. Yeah. They don't even have a, a need for a moat. No, I just um, wanted one. So I, I think the, that that sort of idea of um, it being a bit of a snapshot of contemporary Britain yeah, it, it is very, Definitely. very much at the forefront of it all going through and the kind of social issues that are, are happening, you know, the idea that, yes, you've got a very unpopular war going on, you've got, you know, conspiracy coming through, you've got incredible displays of wealth um, yeah. out of the pocket of normal people then. And I think mm. there's an anger in this film. Absolutely. And I think Wheatley has said occasionally that it is a war movie. He does yeah. consider it a war movie. So yeah. yeah, the aftermath of war and how it impacts individuals and the ongoing struggle of war in, yeah. in contemporary society. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the leader of this ceremony presents himself to Jay um, to be executed. Um, yeah. So Jay kills the leader. 
and a few of the other cult members um and then the other <laughs> the other mask members chase them into a into like some weird underground thing i don't know how yeah. it got there i don't know where they because they're meant to be <laughs> in the woods and then i was like and then there's We're a tunnel. not in the woods anymore yeah it's a really sort of funny question about it on um the ben wheatley and amy jump commentary where she's yeah. like I-, I didn't understand the tunnel and he's yeah. like well it's just scary isn't it <laughs> like he <just laughs> has no you know what? Uh, that's fine with me it, well yeah and i think it's based on a dream he had which again ties into the whole idea of killers functioning like a dream yeah i'm um, and yeah, it does feel very much like a dream. Like that thing of That's them funny. almost being at yeah. arm's length. Yeah. Like if they were running through there, like the speed of everything feels off. Mm. And it's just a perfect sequence and it's terrifying. Yeah, um, I hate tunnels. Yeah, it's not it's not a great time. For I don't anyone. use them a lot because I refu- like we have um, this one tunnel at Sydney Central Station and it is connected to... Well, not connected to, but it runs alongside um, the old, like, crematorium in Sydney. So, like, they would bring bodies in on the train, like, in their coffins and cremate them at this uh, crematorium near Central Station. And apparently these um, tunnels are really haunted. And so I'm like, I'm not going in there. No. No fucking way. (laughs) You're like, I'll walk around. It'll be fine. You're going to pay me. I don't need to be on the same route as a coffin in my life. No, it's terrifying. No. My um dad used to work at a, bre- a brewery that was uh, like one street away from the crematorium, and he said late at night and early in the morning you could hear people screaming. So oh wow, that's enough for me. He terrified me. I'm never, I'm never. Going there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, where am I up to? So, um. Yeah, we're in the tunnels. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. With them chasing and yeah. So Gal has managed to shoot a few of them with his shotgun as they're because they actually get separated. So yeah. Gal and Jay are on their own. I don't know how it ended up happening <laughs> that way. <laughs> but uh one member does catch up to Gal and jumps on him by surprise, stabbing him in the stomach. Even though Gal was able to shoot this person, I don't know. The it's yeah. kinda like would this is like another thing of that dream sequence yeah. like concept like that person wouldn't have survived that wound to be able to stab gal because it's it like it's vicious like mm. that attack on gal is horrible yeah. it's um, really brutal and i think it's only sort of on i think repeat watches that you realize very early on in that sequence that they are not chasing jay yeah that no one is chasing Jay. As no. soon as they are split up, everyone just goes right. Go, yeah, like go that's it. Him. Done. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so Jay does find Gal bleeding out and tries to carry him like back to their car, but Gal tells him to leave, which is so sad. Yeah, um, it's a really, it's a really sweet moment between them, really, because yeah. it, it is. They do love each other, of course. That, that much is clear, and they've been through so much, and you kind of feel like that's it for Jay. Mm-hmm. there's no coming back from losing gal for him as much as they fight yeah. and and everything like that and it does really feel like a like an event horizon for jay yeah. particularly you know and so and, and that it is brutal mm. as well it, it is it makes it worse because this is not just he doesn't see it or he's just gone 
he's very very much faced with the aftermath yeah. and you just have the the headlamp so you're able to see some of what's happened but not entirely i kind of like that technique i love when yeah. they do you know we'll give you some of it but we're not giving it all to you yeah yeah it, well you can you can hide behind that if your effects aren't the best yeah because this is not like a huge budget or oh anything. no so it's, cool. it's like, is is incredibly put together and edited and filmed and for for what it is yeah yeah but you if, if you had that taking place in like someone's takes him into full light you'd then see the sausages falling out of him yeah. or whatever. It, it's not as good it's not, it's as not gonna good. be as effective <laughs> um, so jay returns to his car and he has flashbacks of the memories that he had with gal um and also picks up the infected cut on his hand yeah, he Ugh. cuts his hand open again in a kind of mm. weird self-harm, but also like a bloodletting. Yeah. Like he can't he can't ever emotionally get it all out because he, he kind of rattles back. He's sick. He cuts his hand open. He's crying. He's screaming. It's, you mm. know, and there's that incredible chord that goes out and the bright light of, of when he's, he's left because it sort of takes place oh, in yeah. the dark. And then mm. as he's sort of walking over, you get like, that noise and it's at this point it's such a rattling experience like yeah. from from this from the point i think of that you get to the procession all the way through to the end it is really really rattling it's just yeah. it's such long. an uncomfortable and kind of unhinged yeah kind absolutely. of way you know mm. um uh, Jay returns to Shell and Sam, who are in um, a the, like family's cabin, I'm assuming, or like another mm-hmm. house. Or but they were taken from their house because of the threat made to to them from the client. Yeah. Um, so he uh, Jay runs outside and shoots. Um, ran- he's just shooting randomly. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, yep, fair. And then he goes inside and gives Shell the gun um so he's trying to find out who's going on what's going on out there and there's a really tense scene where shell and jay are sitting on the floor in their house and Mm. there's just nobody saying a single word yeah no one's saying anything and that to me was really um that was that had a massive impact because it's like they're listening they're waiting like yeah and i think it's it's also the first bit of grieving they can have for gal because they both they're both very much you know with him and i think the it's that silence that they need together that that's quite potent i think in that moment Mm. um so um so some somebody does come into the house uh, two people do and shell kills both of them so she's yeah. obviously got experience in killing people, which is, you know, that's hard for her as well. And maybe that's why they bond. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think it's quite interesting as well that when they start coming in, she takes care of most of them and it's just like fucking amateurs. Like yeah. She's so good at what she does that she's yeah. like, I'm not getting taken down by this. Which does yeah. raise some questions, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, we see Jay who is sitting on the floor without his shirt on um, and someone places a mask over his face and stand, mm. stands him up. Um, when they, because they take him to like the cult circle. Yeah, yeah. And, there's sort of a, yeah. an organisation going on. 
Yeah, they're all standing around waiting for something. Um, a gathering. A gathering of cult members. <laughs> um, <laughs> a very cold gathering. Yeah. In the circle, he sees a person opposite him who's covered in a white sheet and they're kind of hunched over. He's given a knife and told that they need to fight one another. Yeah. And Jay repeatedly stabs him in the back. Yeah. Killing them. Well, hoping to kill them. Yeah. This is such an interesting sequence as well because you have... The, that like horrible drum noise and yeah. that like snare in the background um and like the first time you watch it when you get the typography the hunchback yeah you just go well what the fuck is a hunchback what, what is why this there was only like, three I, people on the list <laughs> yeah I, I, all the other like typography makes some kind of sense and then yeah. you get the hunchback and wait what you know, it it doesn't track with anything else. Yeah, and, you're yeah. just like this makes this is so left of field from, and it's making horrible noises, like yes, just shrieking <laughs> and mm. like lurching at him. It's quite, it's quite uncanny, and it doesn't mm. present necessarily as human. And I think yeah. that triggers that pure like survival thing in Jay. Then that his thing is, I've got to fight this. Seriously, stab them. Yeah. yeah. He um he stands up removing his mask and moving to see who he has killed. Removing the sheet and the mask, he finds his wife bleeding and laughing as she coughs up blood. He then removes uh, the cloth to find his son, who he unknowingly stabbed to death. Mm. Far out. Why is his wife laughing? Ah, uh, see, I I, think... I need to know this. What do you think? <laughs> Tell I, me. I think... <laughs> Lots of people have said that because she's laughing, they think she's in on it. Yeah, um, that's what I kind of got. I I don't. I think because of like the whole thing, her situation about her hometown and this all being about foregone conclusions, I yeah. think she's always known in some way that Jay will kill her. Okay, that's interesting. And probably her son too. Or be I think the demise that, of their family in a way. Yeah. I think she has always felt that, I mean, Jay fits the pattern of men who kill their families. Yeah. And I think she laughs at the inevitability of it all, but actually that she had nothing else going on anyway. You know, she Mm. goes back and her hometown is falling. Like, I think that's the thing for me um, was, yeah, it's sort of, because Kill List is a dark farce, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It can mean whatever yeah. you you need it to, um, but actually within the film, that search for meaning could drive you mad because it, you're yeah. never going to get it set on. And it's it seems like happen. Jay definitely was driven mad. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think mm. the combination of PTSD, grief, uh, actual infection, yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty decent pill addiction. Mm. I, I think it is is kind of he. he like I say, he's got an awful lot of markers for men who to go on to commit uh, family annihilations. Yeah. So I think it's ve- it's always been in the back of Shell's mind somewhere that one day he's going to, to cause their, their yeah. undoing. So I, I see her laugh as one of like 
dark recognition i yeah. guess that oh, accepting I was right. inevitability yeah yeah like <laughs> typical i knew it'd be you like you know <laughs> yeah I, that's kind of what i i've always taken from it mm, that's really interesting yeah because i always just thought oh she's in on it like she she got him signed up for this yeah i thing... think it, it's easy to to take that because of course yeah. she is doing so well at the house holding mm. them off and she's so confident with it that you kind of think well what happens in between her fending them off at the house and her being there strapped with her son strapped to her back what yeah what's the journey there for them yeah yeah and i kind of think again that's one of the kind of dream logic leaps that the film makes uh, yeah. and it just leaves you in the dark for that you don't kind of need to know yeah um and i kind of like that ambiguity because i was just like okay at least i don't have to overthink anything it's just yeah, yeah. ambiguous and vague on purpose. It doesn't have this really, it, it has a lot to say about the social climate of, of Britain at the time and PTSD and people returning from war and people struggling with their families, but it didn't have to have all that exposition for it to still be an enjoyable film. Yeah, I think there's, and for me, there's enough visceral effect of it um, mm. that you can enjoy it as a purely emotional experience yeah. on some level, you know, it, I think particularly that sort of tunnel scene in a cinema is really overwhelming. Like, yeah. It's so well done. It's, a, it's such an onslaught. So I, yeah, I, I think you can, enjoy, you can enjoy it at surface level or you can do what I've done and spend 10 years thinking about it and then picking <laughs> it off. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> the film ends with the cult leaders removing their masks. So we see the doctor that Jay had been to see and the client and Fiona. So the client then places a crown on top of Jay's head and as he stands there is told he's the victor of the battle. Victor of what battle? Like that's, and that's what that um, ambiguity lends itself to where you get to decide what was he the winner of? Like, why is he victorious? Like, what's the difference? Like, what did he win in the end? And why is he the person that was chosen for this battle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's that taps into, at some point, sort of a tradition of uh, UK folk horror. Um, and particularly the masks are made out, made out of wicker. And that, that's yeah. no accident. Um, no. <laughs> and it's sort of the whole central thing of the wicker man is, you know, fool for a day who goes willingly. And Jay goes into everything willingly, yeah. kind of. You know, it, because he's he responds to every provocation. Yeah. So he does, he doesn't really think about these things before he leaps in. He doesn't think about the people he's killing. Yeah. He just goes in and goes mad. So it's, he's almost the perfect subject for your traditional folk, um, you know, king, king for a day, ultimately the fool. Yeah. Who's, you know, becomes a symbol of something then. Hmm. Yeah. That's really, I'm going to have to read so much on it now. <laughs> <laughs> have I got a 6,000 word in <laughs> article for I will you? actually read that. So <laughs> I love, there's nothing more I love reading than people's like personal perspectives and analysis of films mm-hmm. because it's so much like, oh, I'd never thought of it that way. That's amazing. Yes. That's like a whole new lens for me. So the next time I watch it, it's like a whole new experience because I've learned something and then I can watch it and take away something else. 
Yeah, I think that's the case with this film a lot. Is you can adopt a lens, so you can yeah. watch the whole thing. Um, start, uh, you know, decide this time I'm going to watch it, uh, and Jay is dreaming. Yeah, and I'm just going to watch it all, as you say, through that lens. This is all, and then the next time you watch it, you just go, "Oh, I'm going to watch it as a modern Arthurian legend." You could do that, you know. It's it's so malleable into what you want to bring to it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a fantastic film, and I love seeing like a lot of more uh, British UK based folk horror. Um, It's just. Like, I love folk horror in general, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so nice to just see more um, unique conversations happening around folk horror. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm moulding them so that they do flow through different genres as well. Yeah. So, you know, in this, you've almost got a buddy comedy at some points. <laughs> very, like a small Very bee. dark comedy. Buddy but... comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's 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 a road movie. It's you know, you can bring yeah. all these things to it and kind of enjoy it on on that, or you can uh, you just get lost in the kind of the energy of it. Yeah, which is really easy to do. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for talking about the kill list with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, I will. Uh, just try stop me talking to you about the kill list. <laughs> People have been listening to this for like, yeah, 10 years. So I'm assuming a lot of people aren't going to be surprised that you chose the kill list. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Like, <laughs> it is my favourite thing. I Through uh, lockdown, uh, the Soho uh, Horror Film Festival had put on a number of uh, virtual events. And we would have like little Zoom chats afterwards. I say little Zoom chats. They always ended up going on to like 5 a.m. <laughs> and in each one, it was like, how many people can I get to watch Kill List? <laughs> yeah, convert everybody. <laughs> yeah, and every time someone would come back and be like, I didn't like it. <laughs> or, or I'm not sure. I'm like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, you could be wrong, but just be wrong over there. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Don't be wrong in my space. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up this episode, what is the last horror movie that you watched? Uh, the well, I don't know if you technically term it horror. I guess it's like genre adjacent more yeah. more than anything. Um, I watched King Car. King Car. Uh, I haven't heard yeah, of that. it is. I believe a Brazilian film. Um, okay. and it was playing as part of the Wales One World uh, Film Festival, which was doing remote access. Um, and part of the Abattoir Horror Film Festival strand. Uh, in that, and it is basically about a young boy who has a special connection with cars okay um and what a year 2021 was where we have two films that involve people with special connections with cars um i don't know if it's a special connection for the other one but a unique i I mean (laughs) these two films are are kind of on the same page yeah in a few little elements Okay. We'll just say that. It's got my favourite um, exchange of dialogue that I've heard in age, ages as well. It's really, really good. And yeah, it's sort of a, a critique on capitalism and okay. uh, sort of th- this idea of, yeah, essentially this guy who can talk to cars. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And there's sort of an idea that 
cars that are too old are going to be taken off the road they're going to be banned yeah. from driving because they're bad for the environment so it's kind of he can speak to a car and find a way to make it more modern so they can stay on the road okay and rather than it wasting it goes on from there waste and, and uh... yeah rather than scrapping them it's kind of yeah. like how do we build them in a way that that makes them sustainable but then yeah nothing's ever smooth in a horror film so no. you know you, you can I don't even know what use that means. your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was really great. So that was the, that was the last one I watched, um, as well as a few things I can't talk about yet. But yeah. yeah, that's the same for me. So yeah. I can't even remember what I watched before the things. I, I watched No Exit. Um, oh, okay, yeah. The movie, I, it came to Disney Plus here. I think it's Hulu everywhere else. I'm not too sure in the UK. But it was really good. Um, exceeded my expectations of the film. So especially because oh, I was great. like oh a horror film by like a major company mm-hmm. yeah it was really fun i really enjoyed it and the the lead actress was phenomenal she was great can't remember her name oh. sorry everyone but uh look it up it's it was good fun i really enjoyed it like a popcorn thriller so i didn't oh, have nice. to think, didn't have to think too much <laughs> yeah that's what you want sometimes you know oh uh, for sure i want yeah. all the time please <laughs> <laughs> brain candy floss yeah (laughs) where can listeners find you and your work um you can find me on ghouls uh so ghouls magazine um also uh horrified if you enjoy listening to me prattle on about ben wheatley um (laughs) (laughs) simply that uh i am on uh twitter uh at scared cheapless um i'm on instagram as well but i don't use it reliably but yeah, that's same. At, <laughs> at scared sheepless blog on there because nice. someone had taken scared sheepless i don't know fight for it back <laughs> I, I can't imagine that it's a popular thing but yeah uh, twitter's probably the best place i am never off it really yeah same with me well thank you so much for joining me i oh, thanks for having me and thank you listeners if you enjoy the podcast please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts to catch the latest from me you can find me on twitter at catstead underscore or on instagram at here i scream cat to see all the latest from the show please follow twitter the twitter at tgif pod i think i've been saying it wrong but um if you just search tgif pod it'll come up i think it's tgif podcast (laughs) you've been listening to tgif see you next friday